We have a narration on the authority of Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah where he mentioned that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he stated kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'ulun an ra'iyatihi the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that all of you are shepherds. And all of you, or each one of you, is responsible for your flock. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, Al-Imam Ra'in, huwa mas'ulun an ra'iyatihi, that the Imam, he is a shepherd and he is responsible for his flock. And then he mentioned Warajul Ra'in fi Ahlihi an Ra'iyatihi. And the man is a shepherd in his family. 
and he is responsible for his flock. And then the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned al-mu'a, ra'iya, fi bayti zawjiha wa fi awladihi, wa hiya mas'ulatun an ra'iyatiha. And the woman, she is a shepherdess in the house of her husband. And she is also a shepherdess over his children. And she is responsible for her flock to the end of the narration. And indeed, every one of you is a shepherd and every one of you is responsible for his or her flock. This narration establishes that Allah Azza has placed upon us great responsibilities. And we will be questioned about these responsibilities on the Day of Judgment. We will be held to account for these responsibilities on the Day of Judgment. And with that being said, it is important that every last one of us, we do our due diligence when it comes to taking care of our responsibilities. And the Prophet described the man as being a shepherd over his family. And what is the duty and responsibility of a shepherd? A shepherd has a number of responsibilities. From them, the most important of the responsibilities of the shepherd is to be a protector, is to be a source of guidance. As the flock is always a danger or the flock is subjected to danger from predators. And likewise when it comes to our families. Living in this society here, they're subjected to predators. They are exposed to evils. You have the shayateen from amongst the jinn and the shayateen from amongst mankind that do not have any goodwill, good intentions for the Muslim family. So the man, in being the shepherd over his family, he must strive to protect his family from the devils of the jinn and the devils of mankind just as the shepherd protects the flock of sheep from the hungry wolves. And likewise, in the narration, the woman is mentioned. For this responsibility is not only on the shoulders of the man, the husband, the father, but this responsibility 
is also shared by the wife, the mother, the woman of the home, or as they say, the queen of the castle. She also has a responsibility upon her to protect the flock. As the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam described her as being what? Ra'ya, a shepherdess. Ra'ya fi bayti zawjiha wa fi awladihi. A female shepherdess in the house of her husband. Because in normal situations, it is the man who provides the home. So the woman is the shepherdess in his home and over his children. So it shows that the responsibility of the woman is to maintain and to protect the home and to maintain and protect the children, his children, as the Prophet described. And the ulama, they mention a benefit from this. The Prophet said his children, so this includes all of his children, even if they are not from her. So if a man has children in the home that's not from his wife, it's her responsibility to look after those children and not neglect the children or the child that's not hers and only focus on the child or the children that she has from the husband. No, all of the children in the home are her responsibility. Allah Azza wa Jal He commands us in his book with the great commandment when he mentions Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu ku anfusakum wa ahlikum nar wa quduha an-nasu wal hijara O you who believe save yourselves and your families from a fire whose fuel is men and stones Why is this this address important? Because Allah Azza wa Jal is addressing the believers. And as Abdullah bin Mas'ud, it is reported that he said, whenever Allah Azza wa Jal says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, listen attentively. Pay close attention. Because there's either going to be some good that Allah is going to command with after the statement Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu or there's going to be some evil that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is forbidding here Allah azza wa jal commands the believers save yourselves and your families from a fire whose fuel is men and stones. Save yourselves and your families from a fire whose fuel is men and stones. We have a narration on Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu an, where he stated, عَلِّمُوهُمْ وَأَدِّبُوهُمْ 
علموهم وادبوهم teach them educate them and discipline them this is how one saves his family from the fire whose fuel is men and stones but a man is not going to be able to educate and to discipline with the islamic disciplines if he is ignorant of the knowledge of islam if he is ignorant of the proper manner to discipline children in islam there is an old saying faqidu shay la yu'ti that the one who fails to possess something he cannot give it everyone understands this point if you don't have money to pay the zakat can you pay zakat yes or no if you don't have sight to see with can you visually read the quran if you don't have a means to travel to make hajj can you make hajj the person who fails to have something or to possess something he can't give it how can a man how can a woman save one's family from a fire whose fuel is men and stones and ali ibn abi talib radiyallahu anhu saying this means to teach them and to discipline them when the man himself or the woman herself is ignorant of islam the man himself the woman herself don't know the proper etiquette when it comes to disciplining children how can one give something that he or she doesn't possess but look what's first you have to save yourself first and saving oneself you need knowledge to save yourself you need knowledge you have to have understanding of the book of allah and the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam because this is salvation this is the way of salvation as allah azza wa jalla he mentions inna hadha alquran yahdi lillati hiya aqwam that indeed this quran a guide to that which is more upright more just So the Quran is the guide. Dhalikal kitabu la rayba fi hudan lil muttaqin. The Quran is the guide. That is or indeed this is the book which there is no doubt with it guidance for the people who have taqwa. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned amma ba'd fa inna astaqa al hadith kitabu la wa khayra al hadi hadi Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As to what follows Certainly the most truthful speech is the book of Allah and the best guidance is the guidance of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So the guidance is in the Quran, the guidance is in the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But if one 
is ignorant of the guidance, of the path to salvation, how can he save himself? How can he save his family? Understand, barakallahu fikum, that the corruption that takes place with our children many times it is due to the negligence of the parents many times not all the time but many times as there are times when the parent is upright and the parent exerts himself or herself to be a source and a means of guidance for the children, but the children they go astray. Like in the example of Nuh alayhi salam. Nuh alayhi salam, a prophet and a messenger from Allah, the best of mankind during his time, he called his family to Islam, along with the rest of the people. But his wife and his son did not respond to the call. Was the fault with Noah alayhi salam? Of course not. The fault was not with Noah alayhi salam. As Noah alayhi salam, he called to Allah azza wa jal as Allah commanded. But then you have the other situations. Where the corruption is a result of the negligence of the parent. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Qayyim al-Jawziya rahimahullah He said, فَمَا أَفْسَدْ الْأَبْنَاءِ مِثْ تَفْرِيدِ الْآبَاءِ وَإِحْمَالِهِمْ He said, nothing has caused the corruption of the children similar to the negligence, the neglect and irresponsibility of the parents. Nothing has caused corruption to the children like the negligence of the parents. Why is that? A lot of times, the children, they pick up the habits of their parents. Children, they see you pray, they pray. The children, they see you lie, they lie. The children see that you are generous and you give charity, they want to do the same thing. Abby, you give them five dollars, they'll come and say, Abby, could you put a dollar in the sadaqa box? Or could you give this to the poor? Because they see you doing it. They follow in your footsteps. 
children, they see you smoke. In many cases, they end up smoking. So from good and bad, children follow the way of the parents in many cases. And this is understood from the narration of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. مَا مِنْ مَوْلُودٍ إِلَّا يُولَدْ عَلَى الْفِطْرَةِ فَأَبَوَاهُ يُهَوِّدَانِهِ أَوْ يُنَصِّرَانِهِ أَوْ يُمَجِّسَانِهِ وَفِي رِوَايَةِ أَوْ يُشَرِّكَانِهِ There is no child except that the child is born upon the natural disposition. And then it's the two parents that turn the child into a Jew. The two parents that turn the child into a Christian. The two parents that turns the child into a Magian, a fire worshiper. Or in another wording, the two parents that turn the child into an idolater, a polytheist. This narration establishes the great effect that parents have over children. Likewise, if the two parents strive to raise the child upon uprightness, the child will be upon uprightness and cultivated upon the proper cultivation. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions about the one who their actions are accepted from them. That they say, وَأَصْلِحْ لِي فِي ذُرِّيَّتِي إِنِّي تُبْتُ إِلَيْكَ وَإِنِّي مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ And rectify for me my progeny. Indeed, I turn to you in repentance, and indeed, I am from amongst the Muslims. One of the important aspects that are key, or that is key when it comes to raising children and saving our children from the hellfire, is making dua for them. A lot of times we fail to realize the importance of dua. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned ad-dua huwa al-ibadah. That dua is worship. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he mentioned la tad'u ala awladikum. 
Do not make dua against your children. Why? Why shouldn't we make dua against our children? Huh? Because the dua of the parent is what? Is is accepted, is answered. Da'watul walid mustajab. As come in the narration that there are three categories of people who du'as are accepted. As-sa'im hatta yuftir. Al-musafir. Wada'watul walid li walidihi. O kama qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That there are three categories of people whose du'as are answered. The one who is fasting until he breaks his fast. The one who is traveling. And for you brothers and sisters who are traveling, don't forget to make du'a for yourselves and for your brothers and your sisters in Islam. And the du'a of the parent for his or her child. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam warned against making dua against your children, prohibiting this act because you be, you may be making dua at a time when the duas are answered and then Allah answers that dua regarding your child and now your child becomes corrupted as a result of your supplication. You cause the corruption. So we should make dua for our, for our children, not against them. Al-Hassan al-Basri rahimahullah ta'ala He stated regarding the responsibilities of the parents over the children and the head of the household regarding his family. He says, يَأْمُرُهُمْ بِطَعَةِ اللَّهِ وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْخَيْرِ That he is to command them, his family, the man is to command his family with the obedience of Allah and he is to teach them that which is good. Ad-Duhaq, he stated, I'malu bita'ati wa ta'allamu wa'allimu ahlikum maftaratu alaykum wa'alayhim. He stated that Allah is saying, when he says, save yourselves and your families from a fire whose fuel is men and stones, implement my obedience and learn and teach your families that which I have obligated upon you and upon them. It is mentioned that Al-Fudail ibn Iyad Rahimahullah Ta'ala He stated that Malik ibn Dinar He seen a man Who was praying in a manner that was poor
And he mentioned, and this is the meaning of the narration, that this man who was praying in a poor manner, he is not being merciful when it comes to his family. And they asked, here it is that this man, he is not praying in a manner that is correct. What does this have to do with the family? And he mentioned that, Rahimahullah, إِنَّهُ كَبِيرُهُمْ He is their leader. وَمِنْهُ يَتَعَلَّمُونَ And they learn from him. You brothers, you are the leaders in your families. Your families, they learn from you. Have mercy upon your families. This is for all of us, brothers. We are the leaders in our families. We have to be merciful to our families by being an example for them. And none of us, none of us are perfect. We all have our mistakes, our shortcomings, but we must put forth an effort to be the shepherd that the Prophet wasallam said that we are. There is a narration on Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma that mentions ma warratha walidun waladan khayran min adabin hasan that there is no inheritance that a parent has left behind for a child better than the inheritance of good manners. Meaning that there's nothing better that a parent can teach his or her child than having good manners. And this is going to be good mannerisms with Allah, good mannerisms with the creation, and then good mannerisms with oneself. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as we have heard throughout the talks and the lectures that have been given, he is the best example. And this is for the one who hopes with the meeting with Allah on the last day. When we look at what kind of parent was the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? The 
The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu was a loving parent. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu was a concerned parent. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu was a parent who educated his children. A parent who direct or directed his children to that which is best. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was a parent who corrected his children when they needed to be corrected. And all of this is found in the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Look at how the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam directed his daughter Fatima to that which was better for her. When she asked the Prophet ﷺ for a servant to help her with her her chores in the home. And the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned, should I not direct you to that which is better than that which you asked for? Every night before you go to bed, say subhanallah 33 times, alhamdulillah 33 times, and Allahu Akbar 34 times. This would be better for you than a servant. And what did Fatima find in that? She found strength, physical strength in that. This is the Prophet Sallallahu being a good father to his daughter. The Prophet Sallallahu had concern for his children. He married his daughter to the best man that he could marry her to that was suitable for her situation. As others came to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for the hand of Fatima, like who? Anyone? Like who? Who's the best of the people? Sant. But the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not marry Fatima to him. He married her to Ali. Because that was the best situation for Fatima. And not to say that the others who proposed were not good men. All of the Sahabas are good and individuals with integrity. But the Prophet ﷺ picked the best situation for her. This is who we have as an example of a great father. 
the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in picking Ali ibn Abi Talib as the husband for his daughter the Prophet sallallahu would visit them and one day the Prophet sallallahu came to know that there was a dispute between Ali radiallahu an and Fatima radiallahu anha. It happens. At times, husbands and wives, they disagree on affairs. So Ali ibn Abi Talib, he went to the masjid. And the Prophet sallallahu went looking for him. What do you think this is about? Uh, what's the point here? Anyone? To bring about rectification and harmony. Is this not an example of a father showing concern for the well-being of his child that he is seeking out the husband of his wife to make sure that things are okay in the home and to bring about reconciliation? Different from what we find in our days and times where parents are not striving to support the marriages of their children but rather being the cause of breaking up the marriages without right. And what did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say? مَنْ خَبَّبَ إِمْرَأَةً عَلَى زَوْجِهَا فَلَيْسَ مِنَّا Whoever turns a woman against her husband, he's not from us. Be careful, O fathers. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he's seen one of his grandsons putting in his mouth a date from the sadaqah. He told him to spit it out. Spit it out. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sitting in the gathering his stepson, his hand was going all around, taking from the food. And the Prophet said to him, Ya Ghulam, Samillah, Kul Biyaminik, Wa Kul Mimayalik. O child, say Bismillah, eat with your right hand and eat from that which is closest to you. Example of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There are many, many other examples that can be given when it comes to the parent raising the child in Islam and the proper etiquettes in raising 
the child in Islam. As we have the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Alimu Auladakum Asala Sabasinim Wahuribuhum Aleha Ashra Wafarriku Bainahum Filmadaja Teach your children to pray at the age of seven. Discipline them for not praying at the age of ten and separate between them in the beds. This narration here establishes number one the importance of teaching the children Islam at an early age. We don't wait until the child reaches 13, 14, 15 to say, okay, this is the deen. Okay, you have to pray now. Okay, my daughter, you have to put this on when you go out of the home. Sheikh bin Baz, rahimahullah ta'ala, in his treaties to the woman, he had mentioned the importance of the woman getting their young daughters to wear hijab at a young age. For what reason? So that they can become accustomed to this worship at an early age. And not waiting until they are older to say, here, wear the hijab. Why? Because if you wait until the child reaches 15, and then you go to teach the child Islam, you go to hand your daughter the hijab and teach her the proper etiquette, you may find a lot of resistance at that time. But if you start with the children when they are young, when you see they have the ability to distinguish, and seven years old is normally that age, but it doesn't mean you cannot teach them prior to seven. When you start young with the children, teaching them the disciplines of Islam, teaching them about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the meaning of la ilaha illallah, the meaning of Muhammad rasulullah teaching them the salah, and other than that, when you start at a young age, then this aids in the cultivation of the child, and aids in the establishment of the child upon the deen once the child reaches an older age. Because the child has been accustomed to being a practicing Muslim from young. Allah Azza wa Jal He mentions in 
in Surah Al-Kahf, how the righteousness of the parent can be a benefit for the children. And that's in the story of Al-Khadr with Musa salam. And we know that when they arrived to the town and requested that they be hosted, the people of the town rejected it. They refused to host the children, I mean Musa and Al-Khadr. And when Al-Khadr, he seen the wall coming down, he went and fixed it. And Musa alayhi salam, he mentioned how he could have taken a wage or a payment for fixing that wall, especially after the people refused to host him. And Khadr mentioned that this was the parting between him and Musa. But he explained what he was doing. That there was some fortune behind the wall for some orphans, right? And he wanted to protect their fortune. And why? وَكَانَ أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا And their father was a righteous man. The scholars extract from that that due to that righteousness of the parent, it was a means of Allah protecting the wealth of those children. Your righteousness has a positive effect upon your children just as your disobedience can have a negative effect upon the children. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He mentions this incident which took place with Al-Khadr and mentioned the explanation that Al-Khadr he gave to Musa alayhi salam regarding why he fixed the wall and how the father of these two children he was a righteous man that's not there for entertainment purposes just a story in the Quran that's there as a lesson to us a lesson that's there so that we can take heed and be mindful of the importance of being righteous and how the righteousness of the parent can be a means of benefit for the children. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam 
he mentioned in a narration on the authority of Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu an khayrukum man ta'allama al-Qur'an wa'allamahu that the best of you is the one who learns the Qur'an and teaches it to others from the best of that which we can teach our children and benefit our children with is teaching them the book of Allah as I've heard different mashaykh and from them a Sheikh Sulaiman al-Ruhayli Hafidhullah Ta'ala and others I've heard them say the likes of do not allow anyone to precede you in teaching your child the Fatiha Because if you teach your child the Fatiha, every time your child prays, you get a reward. Brothers and sisters, always be the first to teach your children that which is good. Don't let the others precede you to teaching your children that which is good. This doesn't mean that your children can't go to the masjid and learn from the circles of Qur'an and learn from the durus and the masajid and the likes. No, it doesn't mean that. But rather, you always should be at the forefront when it comes to teaching your children the good. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, Adal ala al-khayr kafa'ilihi That the one who guides and directs to that which is good then he is similar to the one who has done the good. This here is just a small piece of advice for myself and for my brothers and sisters this morning. And there's much more that can be mentioned in relation to this topic, but I will suffice with this and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless all of us to be better Muslims, to be better parents, and that Allah Azza wa Jal aid us in being the shepherds and the shepherdess over our homes, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for our shortcomings and negligence, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with, with righteous Progeny, offspring, children, wives, family. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from amongst those who will be joined with their families in the paradise. Ameen. Inshallah ta'ala, I'll stop at this point. The uh, breakfast will be served so the brothers uh, relax as well as the sisters as the food will be here shortly. Whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah Azza wa Jal alone. Whatever is incorrect, it is from myself. Subhanak Allahumma bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik.